folks, Lynn Sellis with another edition of the Preaching Pistons podcast. And I'm pleased to say in this one, the one and only Stan Van Gundy is joining me. It's his first time, his first time doing this, and I am ecstatic that he's decided to do this for the free press and you guys. So, hey, Stan, what's up? Not a whole lot. This will be fun. That was a great introduction. The one and only. Wow. Well, I, mean, I guess that's true of any of us, though. That's true. That's uh, true. That's true of any of us. It's probably called hyper, hyperbolic nonsense. But hey, maybe I'd be a great hype man one day. <laughs> there maybe you go. I'd be a great hype man. There, there you go. Possibly. Okay. Anyway, uh, we're doing this on a Thursday, three days removed from the Golden State Warriors completing a 15 one run through the playoffs. And they dusted off the Cavs in five games. Five games. I got a Twitter question the following day asking, what could the Pistons do to close that gap? I told the guy I'd be working in an NBA front office, making a lot of money, if I had an easy answer to that question. But since we have a guy who's very job, one of his job descriptions is figuring out ways to close that gap, how would you answer that guy's question? Well, I would say two things. I mean, and Danny Ainge hit on this when they ask him, and I think it's it's right. I mean, your, your focus has to remain the same as you're trying to make your team better, and that's the only thing you're in control of. Um, to, to get into that stratosphere is going to take time. I mean, you, you're not going to... You're not going to – the team with Kevin Durant, Steph Curry, Klay Thompson, and Draymond Green, I mean, you're not getting there next year. I mean, that, that's not the answer I guess you're supposed to give, but, but that's the truth. You're not going to match that talent next year. So what you focus on is how do we get better, how do we play better, and then as you play opponents during the year, you know, you, you try to play to your strengths and, you know, take away theirs the best you can. So – Closing the gap, yeah, you can do that and, and, and should. And you keep acquiring talent. You try to get better fit. You try to do some things better on the floor. But um, to think that our roster next year or anyone else's, for that matter, in the entire NBA is going to resemble theirs, um, I don't think so. I mean, you'd have to go back to maybe the 80s Lakers or Celtics to – even Jordan's Bulls across the board didn't have that kind of talent. So, um, you know, it's a rare team. It's a unique team and, and, a, and a tough one to beat. Well, that kind of leads me to my next question. You know, you hear stuff about, like, you know, teams talking about, you know what, let's just worry about trying to be in position to compete once the Warriors and even to some extent the Cavs run is done. You know, who knows how long this their run this, their windows are, I would say we'll go to state at least three, four more years, maybe possibly, maybe longer. Maybe Ev- longer. Evidently, you don't know. It could be shorter. We just don't know. Yeah, well, that's the thing. You you don't know. And, and so I don't think, at least in our job, I don't think you plan for other teams because rosters can change at any time. I mean, you, we all assume right now that the Warriors come back intact, that the Cavs come back pretty much intact but but you don't know that you know the money starts to break down or you know somebody as they become a free agent says you know hey I want a bigger role I don't want to share billing anymore Um, an injury comes up you know God forbid Um, those teams could change too and then you're the people you're chasing could be someone different so I, I don't think I've never thought that 
you build your roster specifically chasing one or two teams. It's just make your team better. Now, you know, to some degree, you know, we're in the East. You know, you want to have some guys on your roster that you think have a chance of of guarding the better players and making it tough on them. I mean, can you do you have a guy that can guard LeBron? Can you match up with Kyrie Irving and Kevin Love? I mean, can you chase them? Do you have a guy that can make it tougher on Isaiah Thomas? You know, whoever you're looking at these, you do think about those things, but you got to be careful not to go too far just trying to beat one team when you when there's 15 in the you know in the Eastern Conference and another 15 on the other side. So you really want to have as many of your bases covered as you can. Well, if, even in your case, so considering the fact you didn't make the playoffs, you have more teams to worry about than just Cleveland. Or yeah, that, yeah that's they exactly got. right. And so, you know, I, I think just, you know, you want to build a, as, as good and as complete a roster as you, as you possibly can. And, and I think for us it's, it's a balance of next year and the future, you know. that, And so we want to put as good a team on the floor as we can next year. Um, but we want to maintain enough flexibility to be able to to make roster moves going forward because we got to keep getting better and better. You know, I mean, um, you, you don't want to constantly be in the fight for the eighth spot. You know, you'd like to be better than that, and that requires having some flexibility and and uh, and being able to make moves down the road. So that will influence all of our decisions. Well, that speaks to one my next question. Um, there have been, you know, uh, reports out there that says you guys are open to moving the 12th pick. Uh, if you look at where you guys are, where you're coming at, even your situation as far as, like, your contract and stuff, you can make a case to say that the last thing this program really needs is another 19, 20-year-old guy that's mm. two years away. Here, here's the thing. I mean, we're, number one, we're, we're open um, to anything. I mean, you know, we're open to anything. Uh, move up, move back, trade the pick, anything. I mean, you're you're always open to anything you think it, you know will meet your goals as an organization. So, so we're open to that. I, I, I think that number two, though, you do have to be careful if you're giving up a pick. In that, the way NBA salary structures are now, if you don't have two or three guys on rookie contracts. Um, it really inhibits your ability to, to go out and sign guys to, to big money contracts because your money's spread across the board. So while you'd be while we'd be open to it, you know, we'd have to be careful, um, you know, and, and I, you know, contract status and things like that don't weigh don't weigh into it at all. I mean, I think you're trying to build what we're what we're trying to build here, and and um, the last thing you want to do is is make a panic move to to try to get three or four more wins next year and and uh, you know cripple or at the least inhibit you know your chances going forward that's not gonna that's not gonna happen here we're not gonna make an irresponsible move well you speak to that that's you know you say that but me and you both can speak to instances we can go probably name any names or where maybe someone felt some pressure like that nearing the end of a contract and kind of made some kind of move that well, I kind of wound up blowing up in the, in the franchise's face. So speak to having that discipline to not to separate the two. Well, 
I, I think that it, it's not only discipline. I mean, some guys, it's you know, might be in a situation where, unfortunately, it's it's a reality. I, I think that the um, the situation that I'm in, I, it's a little easier for me, and that I've been very, very fortunate in this business. And you know, I'm I'm financially stable. There's not a <laughs> there's not a panic that I have to you know, have a job and I'm scared to get fired. First of all, I believe in our direction. Uh, I'm confident because I talk to him all the time that Tom believes in our direction. And so I don't envision that happening anyway. And I think Tom, Tom's on board with our decisions. He knows we're trying to make responsible decisions. Um, and that I think Tom would immediately see through a move and, and that's where he'd lose confidence if it was clear that you were just trying to make yourself look better in one year and, and not doing the prudent thing for the organization. So um, I think he knows that we're trying to make the moves and to do both. To You know, again, our mission from the day we got here that Tom gave to us is win as much as we can now without compromising the future. And, and I think we all realize the, the difficulty of that balancing act. I mean, if you just want to build for the future, that's pretty easy. We take our assets, we trade them for picks, and and that's great. But in the in the near term, you know, you're not competitive, and you can go all in. I mean, we could, you know, trade young players for older guys. Um, we could trade draft picks for older guys, and 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 win more games next year, but not have a future. So. Um, we're trying to walk the line, and um, it's not easy, but I do think it's the right way to go, and um, and we're all 100% behind that. That's uh, coming from Tom. That's Tom's vision. Uh, it's one that I totally agree with and that our entire staff is on board working toward. Okay, you spoke to that. Uh, do you expect there to be a flurry of activity on the trade deadline night? Oh, sorry, trade deadline. On deadline. trade day? I mean on draft, draft night? day. Draft night. I misspoke. A flurry? I don't know, but there's always some deals. There's always some deals, and especially when you have teams with multiple picks and things like that, you know. So Portland, Boston, those teams with multiple picks, Sacramento. Um, you know, you could see them looking to move picks and and things like that. And so, yeah, there'll they'll be activity for sure. Um, how much? Uh, again... I don't. We don't try to anticipate that. We just try to be ready for things. When that that phone we rings, would, yeah, that we would be, you know, willing to do or not willing to do, so that we can make quick decisions if the, you know, if the situation demands it, where you don't have a lot of time to make a decision. Okay. Well, that's enough about basketball, and I'm gonna close on this. You know, I think you know I made this joke to you that uh, I can't remember where I made the joke to you uh, that I. If we were to post uh, pictures of Eastwood on our website versus your entire draft board, I think Eastwood might outdraw your entire draft board. Uh, that's how popular or how much um, interest has been shown in the fact you adopted uh, the dog there. If anyone who's been sleeping on a rock, he basically adopted a uh, Labrador mix, right? A Labrador mix and a special needs dog with some some eye problems and um, and a uh, and a problem with his back leg. And as we have found out later, some some behavior issues to to be uh, to say the least. And so, uh, you know, 
we have a very, very good uh, dog trainer that's coming a couple days a week, and my wife has basically uh, dedicated uh, 24 <laughs> hours a day, seven days wow. a week to, to trying to work through this situation. It has some aggression and arousal issues. Um, we're actually going over this weekend and taking the dog to a uh, dog behaviorist, at uh, an animal behaviorist at Michigan State. So um, we're going out of our way to try to, you know, get things right because Eastwood's a great dog, um, fun to be around. But then once or twice a day, something will come up that just sort of arouses him, um, excites him, and he can... <laughs> you know, behave inappropriately, let's put it that way, <laughs> and, and aggressively, and, and that's not his basic nature, he's not, uh, but it, it's the it's the reality of the situation, and, and, you know, there's, just as there is with people, I mean, there's there's all kinds of ways you can help it, and, and we're looking for every way possible, so we love the dog, the dog's become part of our family, and so you deal with the issues as they come up. Well, um, when you talk about uh, issues I mean like you he will have rescued dogs so he yeah, had a, absolutely until he met you life probably was tough for him yeah he was out on his own I mean they found him wandering on the street and everything else but, but you know the first thing is you got to check are there medical issues that you know is the, is the dog in pain is you know, we had his eyes checked does not look like you know it's not like you can read an eye chart back to a doctor but it doesn't <laughs> look like there's vision problems that was something to check but yeah, there's a lot of things you go through, and um, there's some great people. We're lucky here locally. Like I said, we found a great dog trainer. This animal behaviorist at Michigan State is supposed to be tops in the country. Um, so there's some good resources around, and, um, you know, we're just going to keep working at it in, until we get it right. Thanks, Dan. Uh, hopefully that wasn't too painless, or too painful, rather. No, not at all. I mean, it's always good talking to you, Vince. <laughs> anyway, thanks for listening to the latest edition of Preaching Pistons. Check out the podcast at Freep.com or iTunes. Download Michigan.com's Pistons app, Piston e- Pistons Extra, and that's extra with an X, at the Apple App Store. See ya at Little Caesars. Second time saying that.